SMQB's episode 149. Welcome, listeners. Um, we're recording this on uh, January 29th. We're down bison, so I am going to uh, moderate tonight. Um, you should know that SMQB's can be found on YouTube, uh, Apple Pods, Spotify, and wherever you get your, your podcasts. And if you have any comments or want to ask questions, Send them to SMQB's mailbag at gmail.com. That's SMQBS mailbag at gmail.com. Let's start out with uh, Bison's favorite new question, fellas. I'll start with you, Milk, since you're late and not prepared. Um, this, <laughs> who this week in the That's sports who. world would you like to have a drink with, and what would you ask that person? Milk's I, have another drink. I'll another drink. I'll, I've had a lot of drinks over the last 72 hours. Um, I I think someone on this pod will say Dan Campbell, so I'm not going to go there. You know who I've been really impressed with over the last eight or nine days? This And how she'll like this? Jason Kelsey. I wow. Have really, <laughs> in, I have really enjoyed him in the background of all these games. Housing beers. I'm all in. He sells... He, he seems like he's fun as hell. Get me in a bar with that guy with like, of course he would drink me under the table and he probably doesn't want to drink white claws, but he sounds like fun. I'm all in. He'd have fun with you. <laughs> all right, Pope. What about you? Well, you are, you are correct. Milk. Somebody on the pod was going to have drinks with Dan Campbell of Former cowboy, you know, uh, inspirational player when he was tight end uh, before uh, passing the torch to Jason Witten here in Dallas. I, I just love to pick his brain. And I mean, what 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 point did he short itself out that being aggressive is the only answer? Um, we'll talk about it. I'm sure ad nauseum here in a minute. But uh, you know, he said this could have been our only chance, and I think that's fairly. Um, insightful comment. I would love to talk to him about what he thinks his chances are of of making it back as close as they were, which is as close as you can get. Good one. How about you, House? Well, this is likely to bring in tens of millions of listeners. So I'm going to have a drink with Taylor Swift at the bar. Oh. I'm going oh. to I'm going to bring a duffel bag with me. I'm going to give her a shot that will make her pass out. I'm going to stick her in the duffel bag so that no one has to watch her at all during the Super Bowl. Hey, yes. listen, I, I think she's great. I love her music. She's awesome. Wow. Um, but that's you dismember her. I mean, how are you? No, no. I just bag? she's just going to have a nice hibernation for the next couple of weeks. Um, oh my God. Are, you, are you okay, House? I'm fine. Jesus, that was a. <laughs> Isn't that like a serial killer from the 1970s? Should we, should the, be fine. The should three be fine. of us disavow that statement and oh, do yeah. not stand behind it one for one second. I, I, I agree with the premise. I'd like to see a lot less of her, though. Why is that? I mean, why, why do you guys not complain when uh, Tom Brady goes and sits in the owner's box and they cut to him every five seconds or Peyton Manning 
or you name it. What's what's so annoying about cutting to Taylor Swift? What what's the problem? You know, you know who thinks it's annoying? Taylor Swift thinks it's annoying. She literally said that. She literally said to the TV screen last night, go away. She doesn't want the camera on her. Uh, I understand that lots of new fans are t- tuning in to watch because they can see their beloved angel Taylor Swift. And she's wonderful, fantastic talent, great, you know, social, public policy, everything. But come on, man. Like, I turn on the football game to watch a football game. You want to flash to see her once or twice during the game? Go for it. Every catch that Travis has and, you know, who, who gives a shit? By the way, well, I won't even, I won't even go there. I just think that there's also like a little bit of a a white component to it i'll just say that too whoa i do i do wow all right well i i'm gonna have a drink with our the friend of our show and my buddy jerry bembry oh we are going to revel in the fact that since the um OG Ananobi trade with the Knicks and the and the Raptors. The Knicks are eleven and two. I never would have seen this coming. I was scared to death about losing quickly. I love that guy. I mean, R.J. Barrett was the third pick in the in the draft a few years ago. Um, this is just amazing. It's turned out to be the best trade in years for the Knicks, and uh, I just would love to know why why this is working. What's what, maybe maybe Spike Lee would join us and we'd have a good old time. That would be what great. What is working so well with this trade? I, I just would love to understand it better because it is working. His long arms and defense, which yeah, you desperately I needed. I, I think he plays D and doesn't demand the ball, which is a, good on a team with uh, Jalen Brunson and and Randall. Didn't uh, by Knicks the way, it's going to be back run in, a couple, last year? in a couple of weeks instead of months now. They. He dislocated oh. his shoulder in the game this week or last week. <clears throat> Didn't the Knicks have a similar run last year? Yeah, but this getting is, them into the playoff picture. They, they were uh, like the ninth seed last year. They're, like, they're going to be like the fourth seed this year. You guys ever uh, dislocated your shoulder? I have separated my shoulder. Negative. Never dislocated it. Sounds I've horrible. never, I've never dislocated it. But did you see that play yesterday? With Greenlaw, uh, the the Niners yeah. that made that like vicious. Uh, I think it was a sack, but whatever it was a no, vicious it was a hit tackle. over the middle. Hit over the middle, right? Hit over the middle. Clearly dislocated his shoulder, and like when it was basically out of the socket. And <laughs> my family kept saying, "Can they please turn off like this seg? They can go to something else because I don't want to see it get popped in go back in it. on the sideline." Yeah. yeah, and he was fine. They popped it back in. He Went on to play. Was, oof. Oh, that sounds just awful. Oh. Um, let's switch over to uh, the the divisional playoffs. Uh, I think Pope, it was you who said by text that uh, the KC Baltimore game was going to be the game of the of the day, and it really turned out to be a stinker. Um, and the game was decided seventeen to ten. Um, and neither team looked great on offense. Kansas City sure came out strong early and then fizzled. But, you know, the whole time, Mahomes still had the don't worry, we got this attitude that he always has, even though they only scored 17 points. Lamar looked lost the whole game. He just didn't 
he just didn't seem up to the task. And then, you know, culminating with that horrible interception where he just flings it into triple coverage for an interception. And so, you know, the question House asked earlier today is, you know, is Lamar really worth this contract? Um, He sure, he, he had home field advantage through the divisional playoffs and couldn't get them across the line to the Super Bowl. And just didn't look, he sure didn't look yesterday like he was up up to the task. He certainly does not look like he's in Mahomes' league. What do you guys think? I mean, you know, very similar to some uh, other quarterbacks. At least he won one game. But, uh, you know, not performing when it counts in the playoffs. But do you throw away the whole year? And say, oh, well, you know, we're going to go find somebody else. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, uh, is the guy's going to win the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the other guy, Dak, is going to be second or third. I mean, he's a finalist with three. So wh- what do you do with the quarterbacks who have great years and uh, maybe they win one playoff game, but they can't get their teams over the hump? Um, I don't know. There's only two teams that make the Super Bowl every year. So I, I think I think Baltimore is stuck with Lamar for this foreseeable future. I don't think they're going to go try to find somebody else. Uh it's just it's just going to take just like I keep saying with Dak, it's going to take one or two games to change the narrative and Lamar is not there yet. I don't know if he'll get there, but he's not there yet. I don't I don't think he's going to get there and the interesting thing is over time I mean just age will he's reduce his yeah oh he's young but age will reduce his speed he will not be the same running back that he is right now i saw this crazy stat that in the entire game yesterday the ravens ran three early down running back runs or on first or second down three against the nfl's number 28 defense run. so run defense so, I mean, for sure that was, you know, Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator coaching malpractice there. But the, I was shocked that they did not, against the number 28 run defense, I was shocked that they did not get Lamar more involved in running design, running plays, shocked by that. But once a team does take away the run, let's just say that one of the reasons they didn't run as many is because Casey was taking it away. You got to be able to pass the ball. And the guy just, he's not a reliable passer. He does. Some of his throws are great, but a lot of them are garbage. He makes bad decisions. Of course, the triple coverage one we all know about. And so there was a reason why well, he kept multiple, overthrowing his receivers. Right. He overthrew yes. any, every like time three or four bomb open guys. Sideline, it was overthrown by five to 10 yards. Most of the times when he tried to, they tried to run a little flare pass out of the backfield. He doesn't have the touch for those passes. He can throw a nice dart over the middle or a, or a down and out to the sideline, but he doesn't have the touch passes down or the touch long passes down. Um, and I don't know. I think that, but I think you're right. House. The, the, maybe the answer is there's only three or four quarterbacks who can be mentioned in the same breath with Mahomes. Lamar's not one of them, and therefore the coaching staff needs to take into account that and and look at 
KC's defense. How do you not run against KC? It doesn't make sense. But didn't they wasn't I, I think the Chiefs game plan was let's shut down the run, which I yeah. obviously they did that. Make and then they you know make Lamar beat us. And that was a scary thing I saw. I saw a lot uh how many times yesterday did you see seven step drop back indecision, which is scary, tuck and run, and then maybe th- fake throw, tuck again and run. And it it's the indecision that when I think about his future, I'm like, this has got to be clicking at this point, right? I mean, yeah. we're going on how many years? Five years? Six years? It just, it seemed like, I don't know. I saw somebody who wasn't, who was, I, there's no way on all of those time, times he was dropping back and running that people were covered. I just, I, he's not throwing it quick enough. And he he he, he seemed, seems to struggle with that decision-making, which I don't know. Long-term. You know, you say, you say that the Casey was determined to stop the run. Well, the Lions were determined to stop the run, too, and San Francisco stuck with it. There were plenty of times early in that game yeah. where CMC ran the ball for two or three yards. But eventually but he's going to – the best running backs? Yeah, eventually running he's going to break one, and he did. He, kept, he started to really hit it. Well, look, I mean, maybe Lamar – is a victim of bad timing in the NFL. He starts his career at the end of Brady's run and then continues his career into the next guy who I think will break Brady's records. Uh, And so maybe it's just, you might as well stick with Lamar. And unfortunately, you know, maybe one of these years he beats, he beats Mahomes, but otherwise it's it's tough going. Nobody else is going to beat Mahomes either. So maybe it's that, or maybe there is a quarterback. Maybe, you know, like Burrow did, like maybe Herbert will develop under Harbaugh. I don't know, but I just, I don't trust in Lamar's arm as a passer. And there is a reason that guys who study a lot of tape, a lot more tape than we do, and looked looked at Lamar up and down, team after team after team passed on doing a big contract with them. If they thought he could get it done, they would have. So now Baltimore's got to figure out, they got to figure out for the future, how do we use Lamar in such a way that we have a shot once we get to, once we get to Mahomes? Cause by the way, that young defense is fantastic. I mean, they, they did hold them to 17 points for almost the entire game. Uh, you know, so, what, you know, what happened to KC in the second half, their play calling was Way too conservative. I mean, they lost all their momentum. They were predictable. They were and so they beatable were just, yesterday. They were playing yeah. not to lose. I mean, in the second half. I, I, you know, it it worked. But if you told me they would score no points in the second half and still win, I'm not sure I would have taken that bet. But it wasn't that the. I think I saw a stat where that was either the first time or the first time in like 30 years where a, a team has a. Uh, I kept a opposing team to 17 points and lost in like a championship game. I mean, 17 points and you lose. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Both teams. Going in, going in, you would say if your defense is going to keep the Chiefs to 17, 17 yes. you feel good about winning that game. I would I would have put a lot of money on it. Yeah. The Lions yeah. scored more points against the Niners defense than the uh, Chiefs and the Ravens combined. I mean, that's you know, who would have guessed that? The um, last year, 
the teams held serve at home in the championship games, but in recent years, home field has not met meant as much. And it certainly didn't yesterday. I just feel like the Ravens really underperformed at home. And frankly, the Niners should have been beat at home. And both of those I found shocking. Well, look, last last week, I'm pretty sure I said that I owed Dan Campbell a bit of an apology because he certainly has rallied that team away from being a bunch of losers to winners. But I said he's still not he does still doesn't have the chops to be the the lead strategist on that team and should be handing over to the offensive coordinator the in-game decisions like when to go for it on fourth down and when to kick a field goal. But that's the head coach's decision. Yeah, I know, but it it can't be his. He's not ready for that yet is my point. And, and because he's Dan Campbell and because they lost by three points, you, you you know, that the the decisions about kicking field goals are going to be scrutinized. Pope, he, he passed on two field goals, right? Yes. Two makeable field goals, less than 50 yards. If you can't make a 50-yard field goal in good weather, um, you know, what are you doing in the NFL these days? He, he well, passed more... on the 45-yard field goal with eight minutes left in the third quarter that would have basically equalized what San Francisco had done with their first drive, and it still would have been a three-score game. That that was inexcusable. Just the risk reward, inexcusable. risk reward for that was just not worth it. Did you know that the analytics say to go for it? I yes. didn't know that. Why? How is that? On fourth and two and a half, deep in your own. No, I mean, no, they, they had were, a better in, chance of winning going for it. It's slight. They were on the San Francisco twenty-eight, and to kick the field goal. Well, that's but that's the problem the with analytics. They don't take into consideration right. the game, the exactly. momentum, the environment, Correct. and the momentum. Exactly. You just that's that's a play. petri dish. The Lions, had, the Lions had early momentum, and one sure way to lose it is to go for it on fourth and not make it. And they did it twice. They did it twice. When Uh, you are playing, I understand their defense wasn't playing great, but every time you get a chance to score points against the San Fran defense and you're at San Fran, you do it. You do it. It's not an easy decision. And sometimes that's just about, you know, it's not even about giving the players confidence. That's just about, oh, I'm going to show that I'm ballsy, that I've got like, that I can do this. It's, It's not giving your players the chance to win. Well, on, how about, on, how about the second. decision at the end of the game? They drive down to the yeah. goal line practically, and they've they've got to preserve three timeouts in order to have any chance of scoring after they score. You know, after they score this, hopefully touchdown. And the and the announcers are like, "What you can't do right here is run the ball." So what do they do? They run the ball. They lose time. They lose yards. Then they burn up one of their timeouts. Now they only have two timeouts, and there's no way they can keep the Chiefs from running out the clock. Was a idiotic chance That is just a dumb, idiotic, idiotic. Um, so I don't know that Dan Campbell's the guy. It's funny. We it was one of the last things that we talked about last week, which was uh, how do we rank. The coaches. And I think the one thing that we were unanimous on was that Campbell was fourth. I don't think anybody had him above Shanahan or Reed or Harbaugh. And in the end, well, Shanahan proved, I mean, Campbell proved to be fourth. Yeah. And I think Harbaugh proved to be third. He did not coach. He did not coach that game well either. 
He couldn't control his players. They kept the only thing I would say, in, in the yeah, half. yeah. The only thing I would say in Campbell's defense is his players didn't do him any favors. Uh, Josh Reynolds dropped two balls. Jamison, uh, what's his name? Jamison Williams yep. dropped a touchdown pass, and then Jameer Gibbs fumbled the ball after one of these terrible fourth down decisions. So that's two two series in a row where they cough the ball back up to the Chiefs. You just can't do that and win championships. But the problem is Dan Campbell's coaching put them in the position that if they made those mistakes, that they could lose the game. If he manages the game in the way that he should have, they never should have had that issue. Yeah. Well, it's a combination of things. I mean, just think if if they had kicked that field goal. So I looked at the the, uh, percentages on second down from the San Francisco 36 on that drive with eight minutes, 24 seconds left in the third quarter, they were 91.5% chance to win according to ESPN. So you kick the field goal, you're back up by 17 and, you know, San Francisco has the ball with like seven and a half minutes left in the third quarter and they haven't moved the the needle at all. Totally different fucking game. Totally different game. Let's talk about that picture behind, behind house there. If, if having said all of this about how horrible some of the uh, um, skill players for the Lions played and how bad their coaching staff was, nonetheless, they would have won that game but for this fluke play behind house where Purdy throws a desperation 50-something yard bomb. He overthrows Ayuk. The the safety for the Lions is in a perfect position to intercept the pass. It comes right into his shoulder face area, goes through his hands and bounces off his face up in the air. And Ayuk catches the ball. San Francisco goes on to score. If that hadn't happened, Niners lose that game. What does that tell you about Purdy and, and his play? That he yeah. stinks. That he stinks. So let me let me just say it. I'm. Right. I'm just. I, I, he stinks. Come on, come it's on now. Stink. Bring he, it. Listen to me. Listen to me. He is a great player of the screen pass. He has some speed and can be a little elusive. But if you need a guy just like Lamar, you got to go in the pocket and you got to make key throws. He's not up to it. And he made some terrible passes yesterday. He overthrew guys. He threw a pick. And that play should have been a pick. That play will be right there with the Immaculate Reception and with David Tyree. I'm telling you, that play is so improbable that it could lead to a 49ers Super Bowl victory. There there are three places if the ball hits you, you, you have to catch it. One, of course, is in the hands. One is in the chest and the other is in the face. You've got to catch those balls. That's probably that's why this guy's not a receiver, I guess. Those are, Jesus, those are, it hit him right in the face. Timing was a little. I mean, if you Bombs look at the like replay, that are 50-50 at he, he tracked the whole he, thing coming in. No, he, I think he tracked it at the very last second. That's he was delayed. Yeah. Are I you? Mean, it was you not got, a, he got turned milk, around. Milk, yeah, you've he got, got it tar- up. He was. You've he got was it up behind defense. you. Do you have? Do you have? Uh, are you going to defend Brock Purdy as this great the next the next coming well, of Tom Brady? I I don't think he he is what what is our standard now the the flashy drop back if you're not throwing four touchdowns you suck I I 
agree with you. I don't think he's like this next. I don't put him in Patrick Mahomes category or anything like that. But I saw some good. There were he had some good throws yesterday. I think it's hard to deny that there were multiple throws. You think he's better than Dak? I think he's. I think as a passer yesterday, I would have trusted him more as a passer than Lamar Jackson as a situational player. Yes, (laughs) and he rushed for just as many yards as as Lamar. Right. Right. Like six off. I so thought those those runs him, were huge. Those runs that he had were, were huge. Uh-huh. Do you, you love, love him as much you love as Spice loves Tyson, Tyson Taylor, loves Swift? Taylor Swift? Oh, God. I mean, does anyone love anything yeah, I mean, more than Bison loves no, Taylor Swift? Yeah. Nobody comes <laughs> to him and his Tay-Tay. Yeah, I mean. I mean, Rooster, where are you on Brock Purdy? I think, I well, first of all, I don't think you can win the Super Bowl by taking the first half off, which is what he seems to do. He did comes alive in the second half. Um, what is he waiting for? I don't get it. What is he waiting for? I do think that he showed me a lot with some of his decisions to tuck the ball down and run. He did a great job with that. But again, it was all in the second half. I think he's, um, I think he's like a B-level quarterback in the NFL. Okay. They scored 30. How many points did they score? 34. 30. 34 points, and we're like dogging him. They outscored him 27 to 7 in the second half. Okay. Oh, yeah, but they got, the, ben- they got the benefit of, the of that play, that fluke play. Okay, that's okay. one. And then followed by the Jameer Gibbs fumble. Okay, mm-hmm. that's 14. Two field goals is 20. So he got you one touchdown in the second half. Whoop de doo. By the way, the, the guy who caught the both those touch, I think it was both the touchdowns. What what I am very impressed by, I I doubted him when he came out of the draft. I wasn't as high as others were on him. But Brandon Ayuk is a he is the man. He is a great great wide receiver. Yeah. Like he, I, I think he's more important to their team than Debo now. Yeah, not he's not as important as CMC, but Ayuk is the man. I I mean Ayuk is making them forget about the need for Kittle. Yeah. Kittle was absent yesterday. Yeah. He's powered by ladybugs. Who Ayuk? Yeah. Did you hear his interview after the game? No. Yes. No. He was asked how why how how do you feel after making such a lucky play? He said, "I knew I was going to make a lucky play. There was a ladybug on my shoe before the game." <laughs> I love superstitious people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyone? Well, let's. What do you guys think about the Super Bowl? Who who do you got? I think Sam Fran's going to do – listen, I think you – you. Sh- I made the mistake. By the way, uh, Bison really had it right. If the Lions didn't shit the bed, Bison had it right about the Chiefs and the Lions. And I don't think that you can really say the Chiefs come down from their perch until someone knocks them off. But I do think the Niners are going to do it because of that 28-in-the-league run defense. And I think if they're smart – they're going to run CMC down their throat all game long. The guy is an animal. He is a total animal. Looks like he I got think, hurt at the end of that game, though. He landed on his head. Yeah, his yeah. neck. Right. I'll massage that out. You know, Tay Tay will come in. But, I, you know, <laughs> he's got his own supermodel. He's got his own supermodel. Yeah, I think, right. <laughs> I think the Niners, I think the Niners run game plus they will they will tighten up what happened on D yesterday. I think the Niners are going to pull this off, and I'm going to be. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to have to say, yeah, we're going to have to say Brock Purdy's the greatest. Well, and also the <laughs> KC's best pass rusher, Menahut, 
tore yep. his ACL. Yeah, that was bad. That's big because he was one of the strip sack Lamar yesterday. Yep, yep. So that's big. That's real big. Uh, I think I'm with you. I think the Niners have what it takes to do what Buffalo couldn't do um, because they have the running game and they have a better defense. I I made the mistake of doubting Mahomes yesterday and picking the Ravens. I won't make the same mistake twice. That's fair. It's probably a smart decision. I'm with you, Milk. I'm totally with you. You don't underestimate Mahomes at your peril. So that's fair. Where's the line? One and a half. uh, Yeah, one and a half. uh, San Francisco, I believe. Ask Nace the Greek. So apparently, when the Niners play a team in the NFC Championship that has a shade of blue in their uniform, they uh, go on to win the Super Bowl. But when they play a team with a not with a shade of blue, they lose in the Super Bowl. So because the Lions had a shade of blue in their uniform, uh, they will. These are for all our Taylor Swift fans checking in. They will win the Super Bowl. Mm. Real scientific house. Oh, just saying. Interesting. All right. Let's, uh, it's a little early to be talking too in depth about the NBA, but um, let's, let's, uh, let's throw out some thoughts about what, what we're seeing so far. House, you had something you wanted to talk about. Well, I just, right now, I just got word, uh, you guys have probably seen it, that the NBA is formally investigating. Uh, the Sixers and Joel Embiid, because yeah. in a nationally televised game where it was the rematch of the Embiid Jokic one, which a couple of weeks ago I was at, which was so entertaining, uh, the, the the Sixers training staff said that they didn't like what they saw because he's been dealing with some uh, knee instability, some knee tenderness, and they pulled him and that that happened uh, about 15 minutes before the game. And apparently – there's something in the collective bargaining agreement or whatever the league rules are that there's a there's a protocol for when how close to a game you can do that and Embiid apparently has not played in uh in Denver I think since 2019 and so there's lots of calls and they were they were you know howling at him that he was dodging him and all that stuff but the question that came to me from all of this is Lots of these star players, whether it's LeBron or KD or you, you name it, uh, they they're out of games mysteriously. They 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 say it's related to some kind of tenderness or soreness or whatever, uh, and they they don't play. And yeah, the fans get shorted. But my question is, should these teams and players have? the basically unfettered right to say, hey, yeah, he's just not going to play tonight. I want to do what is best to conserve the health for a star player so that we're ready when come playoff time. Does anybody have a problem with them doing that? I don't. 82 games, a lot of lot of uh, wear and tear. You know, player load management is, is really important. I mean, it just happens to be it was a Denver game. I don't know. Uh, my, only, my only difference is – the NBA is a product that every one of these people is part of, and it's a business. And if you're going to do load management, you know, take take some games off against uh, the Pistons and the and the Wizards. But when it's you know the the Sixers against the Nuggets, 
he probably ought to be playing in that game. I think well, they're going to, I think, I think they're going to lose this. And I think they are going to be fined. And I think it's going to, I think it's, by the way, there's a, because of this load management thing, there's a new rule in the NBA that to even be eligible for MVP, you have to play 65 games. Right. And, and Bede has only got seven left that he can sit out of. Uh, after that, if he, if he does eight, he, the most games he can play is 64, but he said he doesn't care about it. He's much more interested in having the energy and the stamina for the playoffs than winning an MVP award, which he is the front runner for right now. Well, speaking of Embiid, I I think this year is the year that, uh, maybe even despite what the NBA ultimately wants. We're seeing a resurgence of high-scoring centers. The center play has become a focal point of the offense on many teams this year. You got Embiid dropped 70 the other night. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns was up over 60, right? What did he get that night in a losing effort? I think 62 or 63. 62 or 3. You know, you got the joker who is clearly the focal point of that offense, not only from a scoring standpoint but also an assists standpoint i just think and now now we got wemby and others uh and chet chet i think the center position is in in the midst of a huge resurgence this year in the nba and it'd be interesting to follow well that that was my observation was chet do you you recall that i think the majority of us said he was going to be a bust I didn't right? say that, but, but well, we did think foot injuries would sideline him for a while. Well, long. yeah, and, and it has Zion, but evidently Chet has overcome that. And to to tail on that, I was going to say that it's got to be the surprise team of the year is the is the Thunder, number one in the West. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And uh, Gilgis Alexander is is an MVP candidate. Sure, and the Heat, the uh, the Thunder have something going that. Um, again, I, if you look at the standings in the West, I mean, you've got, you got the thunder and the T wolves tied for first. I, I, I don't, anybody saw that. No. Nope. Well, I think, I think those, <laughs> you did milk. I think those two <laughs> players, uh, Anthony Edwards and SGA along with Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, they're, they're truly, and we'll see what happens with Chet and Wemby, but they're the future. They're, they're the future, S- and of course Luca, but SGA and Halliburton um, and Anthony Edwards are going to be routinely in the MVP conversation in the future. It's it's great. I mean, it is it is great. I, you know, as Milk's a little bit younger, but when we were when we were all like going through the Jordan years, it was like. I mean, is the NBA ever going to have anything like this again? And then we saw LeBron, and then it was like after LeBron was getting towards the end, I think the NBA is in really good shape. Um, their star players are really fun to watch, and it's not even a situation of parity. It's not like there's parity in the NBA. There's just great play on many, many teams. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we think that, but the ratings are down significantly. That's in true. The NBA. That's true. So there's something about the product or culturally or something that's going on that is impacting the NBA right now. Hmm. What do you think, Milton? Is it down is it down in the cities that they play in? I mean, I'm sure Boston, I mean, no one's missing a Celtics game in Boston. No, I'm talking about like just the overall product, like the TNT, the ESPN games. Huh. 
there's their ratings are down. That's interesting. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, before we get on to the punchable face, um, I'd just like to say rest in peace, Jimmy Williams, former baseball manager for the Blue Jays, Astros, and the Red Sox died today. So let's pour one out on Jimmy Williams. Yeah. P. Sucks. All right. Who's got a punchable face? Don't call it a comeback. Anyone else? You do. I do. My punchable face has been brewing since we drafted this guy, Kadarius Tony. Uh, <laughs> I was so happy when the Giants traded him, and then I thought I was going to have to eat crow when he scored twice in the Super Bowl the next year. But, you know, sure enough, he's back to his old antics, hurt all the time. He hasn't played since week 15. He had a hip injury, he had an ankle injury, he and his partner had a baby, so he hasn't played. And then uh, he didn't play in the Bills playoff game because of the hip and ankle injury. Um, And, I mean, the corks hadn't stopped popping for Kansas City after they beat uh, the Ravens. When he's on Instagram Live accusing the team of lying about his injuries and trying to basically move him on or whatever. I mean, the guy's just so immature. He's never, ever going to make it in the NFL. He just isn't. He's got a lot of talent, but he's he's needs to grow up, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Somebody needs to punch him in the face just to wake him up. I'm happy to do it. He screwed me over in last year's Super Bowl, so why not? Yep. <laughs> is, is he going to play? Disappointment. In two weeks? I don't think so. Has that I already been decided? I think he's pretty much off the team. After really? That, oh, those stupid comments. Mm. Andy, Andy Reid had to come out and say, we're not making this up. We're not lying. He's hurt. He's a huge disappointment. I had high hopes for him. Yeah. Uh, t- talk about bad, bad team management. Dave Gettleman. I'm so glad I don't ever have to talk about that guy again. Um, Anyway, who's got a lasso? Barbecue sauce. I've got a lasso. I've got what I think is a real world lasso. It's not quite the, the, uh, the Greyhounds of the Ted Lasso show, but it's pretty close in the English football and soccer that's played over there. They have a a tournament called the FA cup, which is wildly popular because it gives every team at any level of professional English football, essentially a chance to play. So you've got what we all know about the premier league, which is the first division. And then some people have heard of the second division, the championship league, English championship league. But then after that, nobody knows anything really below that. And there are multiple, multiple tiers. There are 10 total tiers. And, you know, like I'm not saying it's quite beer league when you get down to number 10, but the talent's a big, big drop off. Well, as you go through these rounds, most of those teams in those bottom tiers are just getting 
totally washed out. Every once in a while, there's an upset where maybe maybe a sixth tier beats a fifth tier, whatever. Well, this past weekend, Maidstone United, Maidstone's a town about 30 miles east of London. Maidstone United, which is a sixth tier team, um, pretty low down there, was facing one of the very top teams in the second tier, Ipswich Town, which who's probably going to be promoted to Premier League next year. I think they're in second. And in a crazy upset, this is now the fourth round. This is not like the first round. They're, they've gotten pretty deep into this. They beat them, and they gave the town, the fans, young and old, like the memory for a lifetime. This is the largest upset uh, since 1978 in terms of one division versus another. And what I was saying to you guys over the text, this is this is like – you know, Pope was saying, like, is this like Chaminade beating Virginia? And I'm like, this is like an NIAI, whatever, NAIA team. This is like, this is like Houston Baptist beating Duke or something like that. I mean, this is maybe not Duke because they're not that good, Ipswich Town, but this was wild. And if you want to just see really fun lasso moments, you watch some of the celebration of the players in the locker room after the game, singing, singing songs and, you know, just having fun. And you're just, for the most part, they're regular Joes. It was awesome. It's, it's a really fun, true lasso moment. That's cool. That is awesome. Any, anybody else have a lasso? Let's move on to buzzer beaters. Who's got one? Anybody? Uh, of interest of interest today, I noted where uh, Tyrell Hatton took his uh, live bid and bid adieu to the PGA and European World Tours. Oh, well, that's a big get for them. Well, I'm going to do a buzzer beater that I'm shocked the Pope is not doing, but I guess he has seated this professional. Uh, I'm the guy now to cover tennis, but I, uh, no, I'm, I texted that. (laughs) I did not even realize this is how little I know about tennis. I just keep hearing about this guy, Yannick Sinner that won the Australian open that beat, beat Jokovic. And I'm hearing about this guy. And then once I heard the new, like the stuff about him, I didn't appreciate that he is actually Italian. So now he is like, the most wildly popular athlete. And, you know, normally the name of the game is soccer in Italy, you know, sometimes some other stuff, but they, there's now an Italian tennis player, Yannick Sinner, that who's taken over the country by storm and has now beat, he's now led his team to winning the Davis cup. He's beat Jokovic twice in the last few months. He beat him in this tournament and now won a grand slam by winning the Australian open. So here's to the Italian tennis player, Yannick Sinner. Good one. No, you got anything? Where do you got, who do you guys think is going to be drafted by the bears? What are they going to do with their first pick? They're going to take Caleb or stick with Fields? Stick with Fields. I think they're going to stick with Fields, and I think it's a mistake. I don't know about that. They're going to to trade down and get Marvin Harrison. I mean, commanders are two, right? Yeah, I think the commanders are going to wind up with Jaden Daniels at two. Jaden Daniels? Why? 
Why wouldn't they take the other of Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams? Why wouldn't they take oh, no, the other? No, 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 no. If, 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 if Caleb Williams goes number one, which he will, the commanders, I think, take Jaden Daniels too. Obviously, they take Williams if he's still there. Who's yeah. going to trade up to to one to get uh, uh, to get Caleb then from Chicago? If, if Patriots. Yeah. But if you're if you're Chicago and you're keeping Fields, why are you not trading that pick? You are. Yeah, I think you are. Okay. You're trading down, right? To, and then okay. you get Harrison, and right, maybe right. maybe you package and get like two picks in the first twelve or thirteen picks. Yeah. If I'm Washington, I I. I, I just make sure I get it and I make the move, whatever I got to, you know, it's not, it's not going to be that much to move up one spot, but if I'm Washington, I, I don't let someone leapfrog me. I get Caleb Williams. Yeah. Well, Same then if I'm that. Chicago, let's say they do that, then I'm Chicago. I mean, this is getting better by the, by the draft because then I take the number two and I, and I trade that pick too. Cause I don't need the number two to get Marvin Harrison. Yeah. They could stockpile. Just stockpile. Yeah. Just keep going down. And what what would Washington have to give up to get their uh, number one? The number Who's, two for sure. You think about Who's that. Three? If they wind up doing what Pope just suggested, and they could and they could draft Marvin Harrison and one of the top offensive tackles, keep keep Fields. I mean, they're in good shape there. The Bears were close this year. I mean, they they. They were within improved. one game of making the playoffs. They improved. Who's drafting third? Is it the Patriots? The Patriots. It goes. Um, it goes. Uh, Bears, Commanders, Patriots, uh, Cardinals, Chargers, Giants. Well, the Patriots are going to get a quarterback, right? They They're have to. Have to. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Chicago could. This is a huge opportunity for them, right? That's why they, if they like Fields, they keep Fields and they stockpile. Yeah, I know, but do you? I don't know, man. So now you now you've got you know the Patriots and the Commanders in good shape to get one of the top two quarterbacks, right? Last buzzer beater question for you guys: Will what will the job of Bill Belichick be next year during football season? Fox analyst, high school football coach. He's out of a job, right? He doesn't AFC, have an opportunity. AFC Richmond. <laughs> he's going to sit out a year and then go back. Well, he's going to he's going to wait for McCarthy to crater or somebody else, you know, for for one of the the highlight jobs to open up. Crazy. I wouldn't. Yeah. Want him. I wouldn't want. Him. Uh, yeah, I guess. All right, guys. We'll come back. Come back soon, Bison. We missed you. And uh, I guess next week's 150, right, guys? Yes. Uh, so we'll- next week? Well, we'll see. Off in the bubbly. You'll get half of my next
The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michaeler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.